0: to Counter Melody, the podcast on great singers and great singing. I am your host, Daniel Gundlach, and I am thrilled to share with you the opera and classical singers about whom I am most passionate. I hope that when you hear these voices, you might echo me in saying, God, I love her, or God, I love him. Now, Without any further ado, I bring you this week's episode... Hello, my friends. Welcome to Count Melody. I woke up very early Saturday morning and came across the devastating news of the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, one of the few remaining Supreme Court justices who brought some measure of morality and reason to the bench. The voice you just heard is, of course, that of Jessie Norman. She would have celebrated her 75th birthday this past week. And in fact, there were many posthumous celebrations going on. But we're not celebrating the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's a devastating, devastating piece of news, although not completely unexpected. As many of you probably know, Justice Ginsburg was an enormous fan of opera. I thought that today we could pay tribute to her by listening to some of her favorite singers and some of her favorite operas. I've set aside the podcast that I was originally going to put together for today. You'll be hearing that next week. There's another death that we need to acknowledge and commemorate this week, and that is of Maria Callas, who died on September 16th, 1977. I can scarcely believe that that was already 43 years ago. I remember it like it was yesterday. The first opera that Ruth Bader Ginsburg ever saw was an abridged version of La Gioconda when she was 11 years old. Since we really must pay tribute to Maria, I thought that there would be no better way to do this than to play a portion of Act 4 of La Gioconda with Carlos in her 1959 recording, which represents every... Everything that was great and compelling and original and, dare I say, perhaps even genius about Maria Callas. Here she is directly after La Gioconda's fourth act aria, Suicidio, as she considers her desperate state and ways in which she might be able to take revenge on her rival, and then describing the tempest that is raging inside of her. Equil velen di Laura. Later in her life, Ruth Bader Ginsburg actually took on a speaking role in the Washington opera production of La Fille du Régiment, in which she portrayed the Duchess of Krakentop. I'd like to play a short selection from La Fille du Régiment. This is with Beverly Sills in a live performance from February 1970. She's singing here il faut partir. Typically for La Sille's, she's ornamenting, or rather singing high descants, which are, in 1970, quite enchanting. She also takes a very slow tempo, as was always her wont, but she spins out the line beautifully. Her words of farewell also reflect how I'm feeling right now. Peter Ginsburg was often interviewed about her love for opera, and she stated, on more than one occasion, that two of her favorite singers were Tebaldi and Bierling. There's, of course, a studio recording of the two of them doing Cavalleria Rusticana, but I thought it would be even nicer to play you this gorgeous excerpt from a 1956 telecast of the two of them singing O soave Fanciulla. Never mind that they do the transposition. They're both in exquisite voice, and it's pretty stunning singing. Fader Ginsburg also stated, on more than one occasion, I believe, that the most exciting thing that she ever saw at the opera was the joint debuts in 1961 of Franco Corelli and Leontine Price. There is a legendary radio broadcast that took place, I think, about a week after those joint debuts, and I also discovered the other day that there's a recording of the actual performance in which these two magnificent artists debuted at the Met. The sound is not great, and it's a bit messy, shall we say? And the high D-flat of Miss Price is not ideal. But, lucky for us, there is a live performance from the Salzburg Festival in July of 1962, in which Both of these artists are joined by that extraordinary Italian baritone Ettore Bastianini. I'm going to play you the end of Act 1 from that performance, beginning with Manrico, that is Franco Corelli's offstage serenade to Leonora, followed by an encounter between Manrico, Leonora, and his rival, and unbeknownst to him, his brother, the Count di Luna.
1: Arnistiai più vivere non può, no, è più vivere non può Na, 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 fa, na, 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 è più
0: Also stated that the worst experience that she ever had was being present at the onstage death of the great Verdi baritone Leonard Warren in the midst of a performance a forza del destino. I'm not sure I've played anything from this extraordinary baritone yet. We really must hear him. And in fact, there is a live recording from 1953 from New Orleans opera of him singing the very scene that was the last thing he ever sang. Following the conclusion of this scene, he dropped over dead of a massive heart attack. People often comment that the opening words of the scene are morir tremenda cosa. Here he is in March 1953.
1: Epido si trove e for in a Cielo, E so
2: È e questa vita che tempo, la
1: fede, giurai. È questa vita che dà il suo amore. Io lo scelgo, se fosse quel lindo maledetto, e mangiò il sangue mio, e su cielo si e tu chi mi vede, no! ¡Chito! Nulla provisi, ma fra dunque c'è e salvo, e salvo, e salvo,
0: stated that Le Nozze di Figaro was one of her very favorite operas. In a number of interviews that I read with Justice Ginsburg, she stated that two of the three operas that Mozart composed to libretti by Lorenzo da Ponte were among her favorites, and that first place veered between Le Nozze di Figaro and Don Giovanni. We will hear Don Giovanni later in the podcast, but first, I wanted to give you a beautiful performance, and one that I just recently discovered, of Dove Sono, the Countess's big scene. Here, it's sung by the recently departed soprano from Martinique, Christiane Edapierre, whom we also heard last week. Here she is singing a role that I didn't even know she had done, the Countess. Even though the sound is not ideal, you do hear how beautifully phrased and exquisitely felt this performance is. Pierre performed Countess, it was while the Paris Opera was on tour in the United States. She alternated the role of the Countess with Margaret Price, who is a singer that is truly one of my icons. Justice Ginsburg also said that Otello was one of her favorite operas. I have recently discovered a performance of Margaret Price singing Desdemona. This is from a gala in Chicago in October 1979 celebrating the 25th anniversary of the Lyric Opera. Unfortunately, for time reasons, I had to cut the performance slightly and leave out the Ave Maria, which is also exquisite. But here, Margaret Price is introduced by another singer that I cannot live without, Eleanor Steeper.
2: Now I should like to introduce to you a magnificent soprano who will sing for you the beautiful Salce Salce from Verdi's hotel, the magnificent Margaret Price. <laughs>
0: Eleanor Stieber also performed the role of Minnie in La Fanciulla del West at Chicago Lyric Opera. At that same gala, she gave a memorable rendition of Minnie's Act Three war cry as she rides her horse in to save Dick Johnson.
2: And never shall I forget the day that I rode onto the stage singing... was conducting in the pit. Memories, such magnificent memories that are almost more than one can bear.
0: Another singer who appeared with great success the world over as many as the great California soprano Carol Neblett. I'm going to present a couple excerpts from a 1978 performance, also in Chicago, of Carol Neblett and the baritone Gian Piero Mastrome as her antagonist, Jack Rance, the sheriff. Jack Rance, I think, is, dare I say it, a toxic male. But he tries hard not to be. In this excerpt from Act One, he's putting out tentative feelers to see if Minnie might actually be interested in him. And she describes the love that she observed between her two parents. Two back-to-back arias from Act One of La Fanciulla del West, Minnie, dalla mia casa son partito, of Jack Rance, sung by Gian Piero Mastromei, followed by Carol Neblett singing Laggiù nel Soledad. Minnie, dalla mia casa
1: son
0: very much on my mind what is happening in California, the devastation that's going on there. I'm thinking of many of my friends with grave concern. Of course, the setting of this opera is indeed the gold rush in California. Another singer that we recently lost this year was the great American soprano Arlene Saunders, who died of COVID-19 a number of months ago. I've come across a recording of her also singing Minnie in La Fanciulla del West. It's a live recording from Australian opera from October 1979. The sound is not great, but I want to play just a little bit of it for you because you hear what a very special singer she was. This is a portion of the act one duet, beginning with the words, Io non son una povera fanciulla. I'm nothing but a poor girl. The estimable Australian tenor Kenneth Collins is her Dick Johnson. Simple. The reason that Justice Ginsburg gave, that she thought of Fanciulla as her favorite Puccini opera, was because the woman is not actually subjected to torture and death, as so many of Puccini's heroines are. Minnie actually wins in the end. She has to cheat a little bit, but she gets what she wants, and one hopes manages to live happily ever after as she and Dick Johnson ride off into the sunset. But first, she has to win him from Jack Rance after he's been shot and is in an alcove in her cabin, bleeding through the ceiling. This is a wonderful scene. I've cut it down just a little bit to take out some of the pauses and things like that, but it's an extended excerpt with Gian Piero Mastrome and Carol Neblett in that same September 1978 performance that we heard earlier.
1: Del fuggito, non può essere che qua See?
0: Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that the one performance that she would give anything to see again and again was that of Cesare Siepi in the title role of Don Giovanni. I have a very good reason for including this particular excerpt that I'm going to play for you. Here, the unrepentant Don Giovanni, sexual aggressor and, if you will, Pussy grabber is confronted by the living statue of the man that he murdered, the commendatore, and given the option of repenting of his evil ways, he chooses instead to remain defiant until the end. In this performance, we hear Cesare Siepi as the Don, Gottlob Freck as the commendatore, and Fernando Corena, the wonderful Swiss bass baritone, as Leporello. This performance is from the Salzburg Festival, 1956. It is conducted masterfully by Dimitri Mitropoulos. Following Giovanni's Descent into Hell, I cut directly to the final chorus, which we hear sung by an amazing assortment of singers, including Elisabeth Grümmer, Lisa della Casa, Rita Streich, Leopold Simono, Walter Berry, and the aforementioned Fernando Corina. take just a super quick moment to thank you all for listening to the podcast today and to remind you that if you wish to support me financially you may make a donation through my patreon page that's patreon.com slash counter melody anyone who pledges more than two dollars a month will receive access to all of my bonus material thus far i have posted three bonus episodes and posting another one this coming week on the soprano Christiane Edapierre. Thanks, and now back to the show. There were two different characters in opera that Ruth Bader Ginsburg said that she particularly responded to. One of them is the Marshalin in Der Rosenkavalier. I would like to offer you this matchless performance of the final trio and the final verse of the concluding duet. This performance is conducted by Carlos Kleiber in a live performance from München in 1979. The three protagonists that we hear here are Brigitte Fassbender as Octavian, Lucia Popp as Sophie, and Gwyneth Jones as the Marshalin, in surely one of the most beautiful and disciplined performances that she ever gave. Justice Ginsburg also spoke very frequently about the opera Fidelio as being the one that gave her the greatest sense of hope for our future. It's really important that we try and find hope in the world in which we're currently living. And who better to guide us than the slender-voiced but enormously expressive Elisabeth Söderström, who sang the role of Leonore in Fidelio, to my knowledge, in exactly one production at Gleinborn in 1979. Thank goodness we have this document available to us as the production was filmed. Here's Söderström singing the Abscheulicher scene, conducted by Bernhard Heitinger.
3: Liebe, ich danke dir, nicht dich nicht,
0: I read an article this morning in the New York Times that was an interview with Francesca Zambello. She spoke about her friendship with Ruth Bader Ginsburg and how Justice Ginsburg was not just a lover of meat and potatoes operas of the Italians, but also a great admirer of Wagner and The Ring in particular. She spoke about how Ruth Bader Ginsburg saw all of the rehearsals and performances when Washington Opera did The Ring des Nibelungen and how she expressed Great admiration for the figure of Brunhilde, who rides bravely into the apocalypse and also creates a context for a new, better world to emerge in its stead. This is a live performance of the final portion of the immolation scene from Goethe Meron* from 1951, featuring Eileen Farrell and Victor de Sabata conducting the New York Philharmonic. I'm always happy to have an excuse to bring back the magnificent voice of Eileen Farrell for you. (laughs) Ruth Bader Ginsburg an enormous debt of gratitude. This was her final public statement before her death, dictated to her granddaughter. My most fervent wish is that I will not be replaced until a new president is installed. We need to make this our foremost goal in the weeks to come. We have to do everything that we can to make sure that that orange menace gets removed from office of course the amoral psychopaths of the republican party are trying to replace justice ginsburg as quickly as possible we must do everything we can to oppose this we must fight for the legacy of ruth bader ginsburg who did so much to help progressive causes and specifically the rights of women. Let's make that our battle cry and let's shoot for giving the United States a fighting chance by electing the alternative to 45 this coming November. I'm sending in my absentee ballot tomorrow. Please vote early, do what you can to save the world. And meanwhile, while we are on tenterhooks about the future, Let's strive, my dear friends, to keep the song in our hearts and to fight for justice, as did Ruth Bader Ginsburg. May she rest in peace, and may her memory be a blessing. Daniel Compte.